Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy once again coming to you. And we want to welcome you uh, for coming and joining us on this broadcast. It was just uh, two days ago on on uh, April the 11th on Saturday that we concluded uh, our series on uh, 24, 24 um, podcasts on, on a series that we called uh, Coronavirus Passover 2020. And we felt led of the Lord to to finish it on the eve, on the day before uh, Resurrection Sunday. And and I believe the Lord had it this way. But now, here we are. This is now uh, April the 13th, Monday. And again, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is stirring us up again. Because now the question is arising, what now? What's next? What's going to happen now? And this is where we want to begin this new series, uh, this podcast series that we're beginning today on this day of March, excuse me, of April 13th on Monday. And as we get ready to get into this and get into the Word of God, I'm telling you, uh, continue to join us. I know God is speaking. I believe that God has given us a fresh manna every single day. He's given us something fresh for the people to feed his people, amen? And uh, I invite you to have your Bibles with you, have them with you, follow us uh, with, your, with the word of God, and I know God will speak. What a delight to be with, uh, with the panel today, with Brother Marty, Brother Fernando. It's such a good, uh, um, it's a pleasure to be with you and open up the word of God on this Monday. Uh, yesterday wasn't in a time of reflection that we had yesterday and, and just, yeah. Really, I believe uh, uh, discerning uh, what true Passover, what true, what really it means today, and we were able to be with our families. And uh, it's good to be with you. And uh, would you greet the people, Brother Fernando, before we pass it to Brother Marty, and just uh, share what's in your heart? Hey Amen. Excited for this uh, new podcast that uh, series that we're going to uh, title "What's Next." Um, yesterday was an incredible, incredible day, probably the most meaningful uh, Passover I've ever been a part of. Uh, it's still prophetic, you know, because yeah. of what we've been talking about the last uh, the last series, the last 24 podcasts, because what, what we have been sensing that is uh, coming upon the earth. Um, but it's exciting times and uh, times for God people to, to rejoice, right? Uh, the Bible yes. says when you see these things coming upon the earth, right? Men's hearts failing them for fear for what's coming upon the earth that the Lord said we are to lift up our heads, right? For our redemption draweth nigh. Yeah. Excited to be yeah. with you brothers again and uh, I'm ready to hit it and get into the word of God and see where the Lord takes us. Amen. Brother Marty, here we go again. <laughs> A new yeah. series. What's next? And uh, so we're excited to, to, to see what, what God has placed in our hearts and the uh, I'll let you take it from here, Brother Marty. It's always a pleasure to be with you, and uh, I know where you're at in Nevada. <laughs> yeah, all here the way in Nevada. Up in the high <laughs> we are connected. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We are connected so, by the Spirit, and uh, I'll let you take it from here, Brother. Praise the Lord. Uh, yeah, yesterday was quite a quite a historic event, you know, and and uh, we concluded our podcast like we were saying after 24 straight days. Uh, there was such an energy that that broke forth across the land, you know, that you could you could feel. 
when we began uh, the, those 24 podcasts in a row. And 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 it brought us right to the brink of, of Resurrection Sunday, right? And 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 we basically uh, saw a conclusion to the thought. And then we kind of said, you know, we'll we'll get back at you when when we have uh, what we believe is the leading of the Lord. And and uh, <laughs> I had no idea it would be two days later, right? I mean, but right. you know, I don't make any apologies for it, really, because those last two days when we got to Monday today, I was like, gosh, man, it feels like we haven't done this in a month and it was only been right. two days. <laughs> so, That's true. So but what's really neat is that, uh, you know, we got some text messages uh, this morning, even from a couple uh, who's been listening uh, over there in California somewhere. And, and they said that they just finished the 24th podcast late last night and they were kind of melancholy and sad about it. Cause they said, well, uh, tell, please tell the, the guys that, you know, if the Lord leads, please let us know when they're going to start up again. And so I felt like that was a confirmation to me, you know, this morning. It's like, yes, Lord, you know, you, 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 uh, and then there was a, another couple, you know, in another part of the country over on Saturday night talking to my wife saying, you know, it's done such a tremendous, uh, thing for their, their own spiritual walk in these, in these last 24 podcasts. So these kinds of things are happening. And, and, uh, I felt, um, you know, that, that it, it, it only makes sense that the Lord would say, okay, but we didn't want to go forward unless we had the mind of the Lord, you know, right. I mean, we could talk about all kinds of stuff, right? I mean, we're preachers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could talk about all kinds <laughs> of stuff, but, but we don't need, we don't need sermons right right now. We we need a word no. from the Lord and, and, and yeah. we prayerfully are going to, we're going to begin this new podcast series and I'm not going to put a timetable on it. We're just going to go from day to day until the Lord says, that's that's it right so um and that could be when we hear the trumpet who knows so anyway <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah so, yeah. so so this is podcast number one uh like brother fernando said and brother jeremy that we're gonna start this one off and we're gonna title it what's next because i could i got a real sense of at the conclusion of yesterday and as i rose to seek the lord this morning that that we really did in a sense end something that something ended yesterday it, uh, prophetically speaking now something concluded you could sense it but it gives way to the title of this new series for us in our little part that we're playing okay so now what what do we do now you know what what do we where are we headed next and you know like you guys were saying yesterday was was the most historic easter passover season uh you know that we ever had i mean and, and we have to ask the question you know, as we were trying to do over the last several weeks, is like, was these Passover events revealing something? And we need to consider this, you know, the first time, uh, this is the first time that the, the, or actually we could look at it this way, the first time that the church, which was Israel back then, was locked up in their houses, and a death angel was passing through the world, Egypt of that time, that was at the very first Passover, but yesterday, right. if you think about it, the, the church was locked in its house. The church all over the world was locked in its house and had to celebrate the Passover, the resurrection of the Lord, in their houses. And the only time that I can see that that has happened on a global scale was at the time of the very first Passover in Egypt, because Egypt represents the world, the Bible says, right? So not since that day has the church of the Lord been locked in their houses to celebrate a Passover? Never until now. Mm -hmm. 
And so yesterday right. the church was, right, the church was locked all across America and all across the world uh, was locked in their houses. And they were, they, were, they were in their houses as the death angels been passing through the world. And so, you know, we have to ask the question, is, is that all coincidence? Is it coincidence? Or, or I think, brothers, I, I think it could be that it, it really is signaling the church of our time that our deliverance is just ahead yes, and that we yes. are about to leave Egypt. <laughs> we're about to leave this world, man. So we're going to see in these new podcast series, we pray what we believe that the Holy Spirit is revealing to us uh, for what's next in the ensuing days, weeks, and, and months, and several years ahead. And we believe that the pattern, as the Lord has given it to us, is has always been hidden in in the story of the Exodus, only to be to begin to be revealed now. And remember, guys, what 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 the Apostle Paul told us uh, was that we were supposed to reflect on the Passover. We're supposed to reflect on the things that happened to the children of Israel when they were brought out of out of Egypt. And it's in First Corinthians chapter ten, verse eleven. It says, "All these things happened to them." For examples yes. to to us, right? And, right? and and they and they were written for our admonition. You guys can find that in your Bibles, First Corinthians ten, verse eleven. They were written for our admonition, and then he puts this interesting caveat on it. He says, "Upon whom the ends of the world are come." So while it's been true for the whole length of church history that that we are to study these Passover events, the delivering of, of children of Israel from Egypt and so forth and so on. Paul throws in that last little phrase there. He says that you're to study these things, but especially upon whom the ends of the world have come. And so it's, it is, it is with that in mind that we begin to, to look at the Passover and to look at the events that lead up to their, their deliverance, their, and they're heading toward the Red Sea. And we're going to get into all that in the coming weeks and we oh, days, and we believe that the Lord is going to reveal some things to all of us. So with that in mind, the Holy Spirit took me this morning and began to speak to me to revisit something first. Before we get to the actual uh, part of leaving the house and headed to our promised land, let's say, we need to look at something and understand what is actually happening. Because I believe it not only applies to the body of Christ as a whole, those that are truly listening to what the Spirit is saying, but it also applies to the men of God that will be responsible for together with the, the brethren going on this journey together. And so with that in mind, if you have your Bibles, open them to Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to begin there. And we're going to look at something. And, and, and first I want to read to you these first two verses, Exodus 3, verse 1 and 2. It says, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And Moses led the flock to the backside of the desert. And he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Now, we're going to dig into this, and we believe that there are, there are incredible insights here. And remember, again, we're always talking about what we're always talking about, that the deliverance, we believe, of God's people is at hand. 
And we've laid the foundation extensively over the last three or four weeks concerning these events, the prophetic patterns, the scripture that we're basing much of our interpretation on is Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, where it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And the other scripture that says God declares the end of all things from the beginning. So he takes historical events and uses them in order to portray a picture of what will be at the end of time. And we began to talk about how that this Passover uh, so so beautifully and symmetrically appears to be signaling our generation because the same events have happened like it did to the children of Israel in that in that a plague has come right we talked about having to be shut in our houses and all that kind of stuff around the season of Passover and that and that it's quite possible with that prophetic lens applied to these stories that what we are being told by the spirit of God if you have ears to hear and eyes to see is that this Passover like the first one is a signal to this generation that we're about to be let go. Now we've come to the conclusion, right? We've come to the conclusion of the Passover season as it pertains to the resurrection of the Lord. And that's why we need to know, because I think what we're going to see now is that is that we're going to see a, a push towards a gradual easing and bringing the people out of their houses, <laughs> which we know just mm. from watching the news, right? But it's really interesting how that it's it's monday morning man i i i I read all the newspapers across the world on all the different apps that i have you know just you know from everywhere around the world and they all had the same headline you know the united states begins push toward loosening restrictions and so and i and i could feel it in my spirit it's as if we're now going to be gradually let out right the children of israel were, were being let out and then they were on their way headed to something. And I believe the same pattern is holding true. As we begin to be let out of our houses, the church needs to begin to reflect on where they're headed, why that is, and understand the prophetic times that we're living in. And so that's why we've returned now, as the Spirit leads us, back to Exodus chapter 3, because we need to lay a groundwork and consider what leads up to this deliverance and where we're headed. And so when we read chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, we find Moses, and and we need to consider who Moses is. Because to me, Moses represents a type of minister that God has been dealing with. Let's look at Moses here. Moses is a prince of Egypt, right? He was a prince of Egypt. He was once, uh, you know, incredibly bold and strong. And remember how how he was, check this out, if you think about it. Moses was born in a time when the church, we call it the church, but you know, it's Israel was the church of that day, was 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 under heavy bondage and affliction. Right. Living in a world of Egypt, which was completely dominated by Pharaoh, a type of the devil, and completely dominated by by the most demonic, occultic idolatry the world had ever seen the culmination of everything post flood right from the tower of babel all the way up through now now by the time moses is born he's born at a time now consider this brothers where all the children of of of, of israel the firstborn males are being aborted if you will they're being cast into the nile river they're being killed and slaughtered so right. as a child right he's born into a time where there's aggression against innocence. 
He's born into a time where where there's an aggression against innocence, and his parents literally have to protect him. And 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 it's the hand of God that was on him that preserved him through this. As providence would have it, he comes into Pharaoh's court, because those of you who know the Exodus story know that he was put in an ark, and it, it was the thing that, that kept him safe as he went down the Nile River, and he was brought into the court. He was a prince of Egypt. But if you remember the story, when Pharaoh's daughter took him up out of the water, uh, Miriam had been following him, and and, it, and the question was asked, how are we going to take care of this baby, right? And so, and what the Lord did with the child was allow him to be returned back to his mother, Jochebed, right? And she nursed him right. in this time, right? She nursed him and took care of him. And, and, and as he grew, he grew and was told, because as we're told uh, it, in, in the tradition is, or even in the scriptures, that when he was born, his parents saw that he was a proper child. There was an, an anointing upon him. There was a presence upon him. And, 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 so, and so as they take care of him and they begin to raise him before they return him to, to Pharaoh's daughter to be raised in Pharaoh's court, it is, it is, the, the rabbis tell us that he was told. He was told that he was to be the deliverer of God's people. He was going to lead them out of their bondage. And and so when Moses begins to grow, the Bible tells us that he sees his his people once he becomes the prince of Egypt and and he's a he he's a he's a great warrior he's a great orator he's he's schooled in all the things of Egypt. You can read in Stephen's sermon in Acts chapter seven, I believe it is, when he begins to describe Moses, he says just how awesome he was when he was in Egypt. Right? It says he was a great orator. He was a understanding incredibly difficult things you know the rabbis tell us that he was he was an architect or a builder he was also a head of pharaoh's uh military he was a mighty man because of the anointing that was on his life right and so when he when he gets up he goes out the bible tells us to visit his brothers and he sees them being afflicted by their taskmasters and he sees them being whipped and beat in slavery and bondage and it says he took matters into his own hand and he rose up and he killed the Egyptian, remember? And he, mm-hmm. he hid him in the sand. Moses attempted to, to become their deliverer, if you will, at that moment. But his timing was off, right? right. It, 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 wasn't a, it wasn't about him. Because what God was going to do in this move of God was he wasn't going to need a mighty man. He wasn't going to need a man who felt his oats, so to speak, you know, the, the strength of his youth. He wasn't going to need that kind of a Moses. Because this move of God that was going to result in the deliverance of the people was going to be led by a leadership that was not couched in its own strength but was couched in the humility of God. Because when God finally calls him, the Bible identifies him as the humblest man who ever lived. <laughs> right? Right. right. So, yeah. so before he was pre-qualified to lead an exodus, there was a lot of work that had to be done. But there was hints in the beginning that, 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 the, that the, the delivering process of God's people had already begun. 
in the birth of Moses and under the conditions in which he was born. He sought to uh, exert his authority and bring about the deliverance of his people, but the timing was off. God had a lot of work that needed to be done on him first. Why? Because when God delivered his people, it was not so that Moses could be exalted. It was so that God could reveal himself as God in the world. It was the name of the Lord that was to be exalted. And that is what we are going to see coming out of this. What's next is a new ministry is getting ready to arise. A ministry that has gone through the desert. A ministry that has, has, has lost its, its, its own ability, so to speak. That is, its reliance upon its strength and its flesh. And God has brought it through. And, and it is now on the cusp of being ready to lead the true people of God out of their affliction, out of their bondage, preaching a message that will bring deliverance to them and prepare them for the coming of the Lord. Now listen, this required 40 years in the desert. And some of you listening to me right now, you have come out of an incredible time in your life of trial, of testing, of God working on you, and of multiple events that have taken you to the place where you have lost all your strength and no longer even reflect upon yourself as something that you once did. It was 40 years of testing and trial that was needed. 40 is the number of testing, right? I'm not saying you have to be in the desert for 40 years, but the principle of the trial, the 40 years of testing and the trial, it, it was what was needed so that uh, to, to, to remove from Moses what was removed. And when God finally begins to move upon him in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, he's no longer that prince of Egypt, so to speak. He's now the humble shepherd of God. He's now ready. Right. And I'm telling you, there are men and women of God out there. There are parents out there. There's grandparents out there. Don't just apply it to preachers because it's a collective thing. We have been made priests unto our God. All of us yes. have been coming through a trial, right? All of us have been having the Holy Spirit work on us. If you'll reflect over the last several years, I know it by the Spirit. Because this is the time that this generation has reached its moment of deliverance, the true church. Now listen, so when we pick up the story in verse 1, the, 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 the language is, is very descriptive. It's very symbolic. He, he leads a flock to the desert, <laughs> to the backside of the desert, verse 1, right? He's on the right. backside of the desert, and he comes to a place called Horeb. We know this is Mount Sinai, but, but, but Moses wrote it as Horeb. And I was looking up that word this morning. The word Horeb means uh, uh, to be parched, uh, to be thirsty, or in the position of a drought, right? And why this is in symbolic to us is because the church right now has been brought to this place. It's in this place right now where the sheep, right? He, 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 he has a whole bunch of sheep at Horeb. The sheep are parched. They're surrounded by the desert of this world. And it's very symbolic what God did with Moses. Remember, what we're seeing are events that are very much patterning our times. And that's what we're talking about. What next? So the, right before he begins to send him into Egypt, we're being told these specific things so that we can glean information as to what's next and what we can expect. So that was preparation and 
and and and it's this way now like it was then but understand something new was about to happen right verse 2 yes. something new is about to happen right. deliverance is at hand and i want to show you something here because it's interesting how god appears to moses and we need to pay attention to what it says here because we're going to learn some things for our time and we're going to learn how God hides things in his word if you have eyes to see and ears to hear. So we've we've quickly gone through Moses' life, the time he was born, the 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 losing of his strength, the the trial of his life that brings him to being a shepherd, to being a a vessel that's faithful to care for the flock, but now finds himself on the backside of the desert. The flock he's caring for is in a parched and dry land, and and he's right there. And and, and now he's the humblest shepherd you could possibly imagine. Many of us have been really, really brought through the fire, and here we are. But now we're... It's it's as if we're surrounded in a in on a planet and in a and in a and in a church experience that has no water, and and has and and it and it feels like the whole territory is dry, and and now God appears. Praise God. Right. <laughs> now Hallelujah. God appears. Hallelujah. Because because it says in verse two, right? It says, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Now, I want to draw your attention to something here. When the Bible uses the phrase, the angel of the Lord, it is referencing a pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, though, that the, the last time that I saw that phrase, the angel of the Lord, goes all the way back to Genesis 22, verse 11. When Abraham was getting ready to offer Isaac, it says, the angel of the Lord interrupted him. Oh, and good. and there's a connection here. And I'm going to show you that connection in a moment here. The angel of the Lord is a term for a pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ. If you remember, when we get to the Exodus and they're standing at the Red Sea and Pharaoh's getting ready to kill him, the Bible says that God descended in a cloud, in fire and cloud, and blocked Pharaoh from 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 taking uh, the children of Israel and destroying them. And it says, from the cloud, the angel of the Lord peered out of the cloud and resisted Pharaoh as he was coming towards the children of Israel. The angel of the Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ before he came to earth. He is the angel or the messenger of the Lord. And he appears every time the stories talk about salvation, deliverance, or judgment, the angel of the Lord is revealed. And you can do that on your own time and see that and check behind me because that's exactly what, what happens. Now right. consider this. Now consider this. How does he appear to Moses? He appears unto him in a flame of fire out of the bush. And we're going to compare this because the angel of the Lord, what is this a typology of? What is missing here? And, and the fact that he talks about the bush, right? When the angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham, Father Abraham, in Genesis chapter 22, verse 11, he appears to him and then draws his attention to what? To a ram that is caught in a bush, right? You know, okay. you, you know your Bibles, right? <laughs> yes. But, but, but when the angel of the Lord appears to Moses, 
just before he's about to be sent and deliverance is coming to God's people, he appears in the bush, but there's no ram. It's just fire. I'll let you chew on that for a while. But listen, that bush that catches the ram, it represents the cross. It represents Christ. The ram represented Christ. The bush represented the cross. How that the ram that would be sacrificed was tied to a bush or a typology, if you will, of the cross. In Abraham's case, he appeared to Abraham as a ram in the bush. In Moses' case, he appears, that is, the angel of the Lord, as a flame of fire in the bush. And there's a reason why. The ram in the bush speaks of the gospel, the sacrifice, or salvation. But just before the deliverance of the children of God, he appears to Moses in a new revelation. He appears to him in a flame of fire. Remember, fire represents judgment. Right. The bush represents the cross. This, this means that Moses was receiving a new revelation at the time of the deliverance. I want to draw your attention to when Jesus was giving his Olivet Discourse, as they say. And, right. and this is and and this isn't new to me. This was just an interesting point. Uh, I was listening to a preacher, Brother Jacob Prash, and he was he was talking about the Olivet Discourse when Jesus was giving all the end time information in Matthew twenty four. He pointed out something interesting that made me think about this because in that he says, notice when you go through Jesus's unveiling of the end times, he he mentions a phrase called. And this gospel of what? Of the kingdom shall be preached, and then the end shall come. And he makes a mm -hmm. distinction with the plain gospel of salvation, which Jesus commanded the disciples to go and preach in all the world as church history began, to when he's revealing the end times, that there's a shift in how the gospel is going to be presented. It's no longer just the saving gospel that will be presented it will be the gospel of the kingdom or repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's a shift in the message. And I think, good. and I'd like to hear your opinion on this, but I think what we're witnessing here, when, when God appears to Moses and is beginning to commission him, he appears to him, Jesus does, as the angel of, actually you'll see all three of them here. You have You have the angel of the Lord representing Jesus. You have, uh, the flame of fire representing the Father, if you will, or, or, or the Holy Spirit. And then you have the voice of God representing the Father. All three are here, but that's for another time. But you can see it there. <laughs> so, so the angel of the Lord appears to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And I think what we're being told here is that, that at the Passover season, something would trigger a shift in the message and how God is going to begin to reveal himself to his people and to his truly called ministers, that he is now shifting what it is he's going to say. He's not just simply going to preach the same old gospel, and I'm not diminishing it by any means because no man can be saved except by it, but we have entered into extraordinary times. 
and it's quite possible that what is being revealed here veiled if you can if you understand it but revealed is that he's no longer a ram in the bush he's now the angel in the bush only revealing himself within the fire and what he's literally revealing is is that now what's coming is the judgment of god is just ahead and we see that played out in the exodus story because that's exactly what was about to transpire and it's why he reveals himself that way so it's if the bush in fact does does signify the the cross the flame signifies the judge of god, uh, judgment of god that's just ahead so the two have to be preached together repent because judgment is coming or repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand that is why the mm. lord appears to him in a flame out of the midst of the bush he revealed himself to abraham as the angel of the lord as a ram caught in the bush that's the gospel sacrifice had to come first but then he reveals himself to moses in a new revelation as the angel in the bush only this time there is no ram there is just fire and that is what he is doing he's giving a new message coupled with the cross message so to speak coupled with the gospel of salvation it must be accompanied with the proclamation that we are just not too many days ahead when the coming judgment of the Lord is going to culminate all things and God's people are going to be delivered. The fire represents the judgment. The bush represents the cross. It is the means that held the ram, but the work becomes fire. And the ram is no longer needed because a dispensation is closing, so to speak, as it once was. If you can receive it, the message is now meshed and morphed into a repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand any comments yeah absolutely i agree with that um the 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 lamb or the ram caught in the ticket represents the foundation the gospel right uh the the cross of jesus christ and and when he re, and that's in the days of abraham but when he shows up in the days of moses it's the angel of the lord and and uh like you said he's he, He's speaking from that burning bush. Yes. And and so the way the Lord has spoken to me throughout the years is the, the job of preaching the foundational teaching of the gospel, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. It was that which is given to the shepherds. Yes. But whenever the shepherds cease to preach that, then comes a prophetic voice to, yes. uh, to, to, to speak to the shepherds. Right, because yes. they have left the foundation. So the the prophetic voice is is that voice that uh, as 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 Jesus said of of John the Baptist that uh, uh, that he came in the spirit of Elijah and he told his disciples that Elijah must first come right and restore all things. It is the restoration right. of 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 the 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 cross of Jesus Christ, the true gospel, the true altar, but. With also, if you don't do it, if you don't go back to preaching the gospel, judgment comes. Yeah. So it's not that the message changes. It's it's the Lord, in essence, almost protecting his message by saying, listen, this is what I've given you. This is what I've given you. If you stop preaching it, and if you go somewhere else, then I must 
judge, right? Yeah. And and yeah. so so in essence, Moses is 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 goes before the people, right? In, in essence, yeah. he's, he's also a, a forerunner of sorts, right? That goes yeah. to to Israel. So we see the pattern there, and this is what you're talking about. Um, uh, Elijah, John the Baptist, even Jesus himself came out preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So there is that transition. Why is there a transition into a prophetic voice today? Because the shepherds, right? The shepherds have preached something else, and they cease to preach the cross of Jesus Christ as God intended them to do. That, that's good, and 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 the sheep now find themselves on the backside of the desert in a dry and thirsty land, right? <laughs> right. Yes. That's yes. That's, right? That's, that's, Which is a picture of today. Let me let me say exactly. Let me, think about to, it. To what I, to what I'm saying, Pastor German, Ezekiel 34:2. Son of man, this is Ezekiel, the prophet. Who does he prophesy to? Prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should I not, uh, should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Right, it's what yeah. we're talking about right here. Yes, this, this is yes. this is the there, there, we have to transition to a prophetic voice with a prophetic yeah. message. That's what we're because saying. Because the shepherds have ceased to preach the gospel. Yes. The true gospel. And it's, yes. But it's also reflective of what the scripture said would happen, right? Is that when we reach that time, like it, like it was said in uh, in Amos, right? Chapter 8, I think it is, where he said, the days will come where there's not going to be a famine of, of, of water or bread, but, but for the hearing of the word of God, right? Uh, right. And, 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 you know, that, that was a prophetic utterance by Amos of the last days the same thing is happening now and and and, and you and you said it really well there in, in verse two again we go back to how he chooses to appear a pre-incarnate christ is appearing in a flame in a bush and, and not as a ram in the bush but as a flame and and we have to ask this question and and that is this is that this is how moses's call came to him his calling when it was time for him to now enter into what he was really born to do, this is how God revealed himself to him. And so in right. Moses' you know, uh, calling, uh, or, or the calling of Moses is revealed, I should say, <laughs> in how the Lord revealed himself to Moses. Let me say that again. Moses' calling is revealed in how the Lord revealed himself to Moses. So Good. when God re- reveals himself to Moses in the flame, in the midst of a bush, it is that transition from how he revealed himself to Father Abraham. Because Father right. Abraham, he, he, right, he revealed himself as the sacrifice. To Moses, he reveals himself as the flame of fire that's about to come down on Egypt to bring deliverance to his people. And that's what you're talking about. You go from being uh, uh, the, a, a particular way to a prophetic way. And that is what the scripture prophesizes will happen. So when we're saying what's next, what we're looking for is the spirit of Elijah, if you will. The spirit of the calling of Moses, if you will. That message yes. that reveals the gospel but couples it with, you know, get saved or repent and be saved 
because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you're either going to come in or you're going to find yourself being consumed by the flame or the judgment that's coming upon this wicked world like it did during the Passover season uh, where the children of Israel came out and, and headed to their deliverance. Now, so, so Moses is calling is revealed in how the Lord revealed himself to him. And so we, you, you must go back and look at Genesis 22, 11, those of you that are listening, and study that and see how the angel of the Lord appeared there and how he revealed himself as a ram in the bush. That's the first aspect of what would happen. But when we get to the time when God's children are about to be delivered from this world, he, he appears to Moses, and how he appeared is reflective of what the call of Moses really was, and that is a transition from message. The cross is still there, but it's engulfed in fire because it's representing repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is the message right. we're going to start hearing now from the true yes. shepherds, from the from the true, you know, they don't, you know, when John came, right, he came wearing camel's hair. He, he wasn't wearing a $1,500 or $5,000 Armani suit, right? <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. he wasn't, you know, on bright lights and, and big platforms. He was out in the wilderness. And and if you wanted to hear the message, you were going to have to leave the temple. You were going to have to go out from the establishment into into a no frills situation to go hear the prophetic word, which was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's next? The spirit of Elijah is coming. You're going to hear it. Now, listen, in verse in verse three, it says it says, and Moses said this. I will now, now I want to point something out to you. There's a process here. Because in verse 4 God begins to talk to Moses. Up until then he hasn't even heard a voice. Yeah. He's only beginning to see the message take shape. And in mm. verse 3 it says this. Moses said I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why isn't the bush burned? Moses turns aside to see, but until he turns aside to really see, God hasn't spoken to him yet. Amen. But when Moses Amen. turns aside to see, in verse 4, it says this, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, now God begins to speak to him. Yes. See, this is this is going to require, and I'm talking to spiritual people who have spiritual ears now. This is going to require, first the Lord is going to begin to move on us. And he's going to begin to reveal what's ahead. And it's not going to be like anything we have really seen before because we've heard so much craziness for these last many years and, and it, for all intents and purposes the sheep are on the backside of the desert in a parched ground but something begins to happen timing is everything and that's why the lord brings us back in this first podcast of what's next because that's what he's been doing he's been moving and revealing himself in an accelerated message now i mean because we're, we're, we're right on the edge of the children of Israel being re, uh, delivered. The church is right on the edge of being delivered. And God, over the last several years, has begun to 
to move in a different way. But, you know, there's been a lot of preaching out there. There's been a lot of messages, a lot of doctrinal, you know, uh, you know, things that have been brought forth, a lot of craziness being portrayed as the gospel. But there's been a group of you out there. You haven't been satisfied with that. And God's been, been moving on your spirit just like he did Moses. But what he's saying is that he's coming and that judgment is coming and that we need to adjust ourselves. And until we do what Moses did, which is break from everything you've known before, because yeah. Moses in verse three, Moses says, I will now turn aside. You're going to have to leave some things behind now and turn toward the new expression of our time, which is we are that generation, I thoroughly believe it, that are going to witness the events that have been prophesied and have yet to have been fulfilled over the last 2,000 years. We began to get signals of that message when Israel regathered as a nation, when we came out of World War One, when we came out of World War Two, 1917, the Balfour Declaration that that was that was uh, given so that the children of Israel, after 2,000 years of exile, could begin to return to the homeland. That was a signal. That was a bush beginning to kindle. 19. Uh, then comes World War Two, and, and and all the Jews, six million of them, in, in in the horrible ovens of Auschwitz and Treblinka and and Buchenwald and all those places. They come out, nothing more than a sack of bones. Have you seen their pictures? Stacked upon stacked of, of, of heinous themes, what, what the devil did through, through a pre-Antichrist figure like Adolf Hitler. It is what Ezekiel saw when God asked him, can these bones live, right? And then they began to gather sinew and flesh and stand and walk. He was prophesying of, of, a, of, of, of a nation that would come out of, out, of, out of being consumed and burned to there were nothing left but bones. And the bush begins to burn. You know, it began to burn even then. It began to let our generation know that we were headed into the culmination of all things. And since then, we've witnessed five or six wars where they tried to drive them out of their land. And then they recaptured Jerusalem in 67. And then just in our time, 2018, May the 12th, they became, uh, Jerusalem became proclaimed the eternal capital of Israel. It should have been a signal to us. The bush right. is beginning to burn, right? But instead... We've been hearing all other kinds of madnesses, all other kinds of doctrines. But there is a contingent that God has been revealing himself to who have begun to understand there is a transition taking place. And in the way God has been revealing himself to you, it is the same thing that he's trying to do that he did with Moses. And that is, is reveal your destiny, your purpose, your calling, your message in the way he's revealed yourself, himself to you throughout all of these prophetic events leading up to the events we're experiencing now. That's now, true, it, Brother Marty. Go ahead. Uh, I, heard, I heard an account uh, some time ago that this burning bush had been burning for a while and that yes. many shepherds right. would see it from afar. They would yes. see it from afar, but they were afraid to go close to it. It wasn't until Moses, and that's what we're talking about. This burning bush has been burning since 1948. God has been speaking to us. Yes. But now he's calling a Moses-like generation to go near that burning bush 
because there's something that he wants to reveal in this hour. And I just wanted yes. to make that parallel. No, that's there. really good because that's exactly right. Because it says it says that once they turn aside, God will begin to speak. And 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 that is what he's saying. Look, <laughs> I always used to wonder when I was a kid. Okay, if the, if these crazy things start happening that I read about in the book of Revelation, I mean, I, I, I always used to wonder, what, you know, could it possibly happen in our time? Could it happen while I'm alive? You know, as a kid, I used to think this way. But as I got older, I began to say, my gosh, you know, all of these events are taking place. And it, yet it seems like nobody really is paying attention. And so I couldn't, I couldn't mesh with the two, just like you were saying, Brother Jeremy, that is right. And I've read historical accounts, uh, and and you can take them for whatever. But you know, the ancient rabbis said that that's the case. That that bush would burn, but no one would ever go near it. Right? <laughs> they just right. didn't want to go near it. But Moses did, and God what, is bringing. Uh, uh, go ahead. And that bush represents the message. Yes. The transitioning message, right? The kingdom, yes. uh, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's, yes. that's the burning bush today that yes. that people seem to be looking from afar and, and don't want to come near it because it doesn't line up with the uh, the modern day preaching of today or what, they see, what, or what they're seeing on Christian television. Uh, because yes. it, is a me- it is a message that requires everything. Yeah. Right? But if, right. but it's 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 to a point now where God is saying, look, if you want to be set free, if you want to be used of me, if you want to know me, I am bidding you to come. Once you come towards me, once you you got to reject everything, completely everything you've been listening to, you know, then only then will I speak to you, and you will hear my voice clearly. Right? Yeah, that's that's what the bush is saying. That's exactly right. And and think about this. Uh, and I'm just gonna throw this little story. What you just said just 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 made me think of this. Over the weekend, we got uh, a phone call from from some pastors in the in that live in the mid middle section of the country, and um and they said that they had been handing out <laughs> these messages that we that we have uh, been by the grace of God, you know, recording over the last several weeks, and that they got several kinds of responses, but the predominant response uh, out of a particular camp of doctrine was that they didn't like the messages that we were talking about because uh, they're not interested in the, in the second coming of the Lord. They're going to be raptured wow. out of here and they don't, they don't believe all that. Right. They're going to hang on to their doctrine instead because that's their focus. And, and, and they were offended by what we spoke of. You know, so it's 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 just interesting what you were just saying because that is exactly right. You know, that that is what we talked about as we went along, right? That a separation is going to take place, a separation, right, right. and and that is what I, we are witnessing. Go ahead. I, I would also I would also say, I mean, is it a coincidence that here in 2020, for the first time, here, I'm a church boy. I, all I know is church. That that's I've yes. grown up in church, and every year. You know, you know, especially growing up, right? We put on our best Sunday clothes for that, uh, for that event, right? For Passover, for Easter, we sing our yeah. blood songs, our resurrection songs. We take <laughs> out our dramas, our props, and our, and the right. preacher gets ready and he rolls again. And now right. we find ourselves in 2020, 
And maybe God is trying to tell us something, that the body of Christ is not properly discerning the Lord's death. We're not properly discerning his body. It's interesting right. when, when the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians breaks it down, I, I rarely see preachers read ahead after, after, you know, they read, this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. But they rarely read when he begins to speak about, let a man examine himself. Wow. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eat it and drink it unworthily, eat it and drink it damnation. That means judgment to himself, not yeah. discerning the Lord's body. And and I believe because, you know, that that's what God, that's what we're in this situation. No church, there was no pastor, there was no, you know, what we usually do. God is saying, I need you to discern my body properly. And that's what's wow. missing in the people. Those rejecting this message is because they're not properly discerning what God is saying, right? Yes, and I it, believe that's that. What the and, and if you and if you don't properly discern my sacrifice coming out of this Passover, it could judgment. very well be. It, yeah, that's what the Lord is saying. It, judgment is coming. You know, and that's Absolutely. what we're talking about. Yes, and so that that brings us again is that it's going to require an act of the will, right? Because before God will actually begin to speak, he begins to move him uh, and begins to cause him to consider. And then in, in verse 3, chapter 3, verse 3 of Exodus, it's then that Moses says, okay, I will now turn aside and see. It's an act of the will. We're going right. to have to break, right, with what we've known up to this point. Of course, there's going to come a transition. The scripture is full of it. The scripture is full of those prophecies that talked about the coming of the spirit of Elijah, the, the necessary resting of the prophetic voice to begin to prepare a people for the coming of the Lord. If you're going to come out of this, this Passover and simply go back to your same old story, your same old message, you're in deep trouble. Because what's coming is, is going to increase with such rapidity that you're not going to have, one, the oil necessary to discern what's upon you because you've rejected what the Lord revealed to you when you were shut up in your houses. Instead of being on your face, crying out to God, searching the scriptures for your family, you were too busy watching Netflix or whatever madness you chose to you know, <laughs> suck up all your time with. Instead right. of, and I'm talking to Christians, not worldly people. I'm talking to Christians, right? People that claim to be the people of God. No, man, this was the time that was given to the whole world to reflect. Yes. I'm telling you, they're going to push us out of our houses soon, okay? So what did you do with this time? And, and if you failed to gather oil in this midnight hour, you're not going to understand what's just ahead. But we're talking to those right now who understands something is next and you're and, and God is giving us light as to what actually has been happening and preparing us for what's just ahead. It's going to require what happened to Moses. He, he, he said, I will now turn aside and I will see this great sight. Why isn't the bush burned? Right now, when he does this, it says that when the Lord saw that he turned aside, then God calls to him out of the midst of the bush and he says moses moses and he says here i am i don't have time to get into all that other than to say it wasn't until he turned it wasn't until he drew closer to to observe it and to see it 
once he did that, God called to him. And if you will turn to see what the Spirit is saying right now and listen to what he's saying, he's going to reveal himself to you. He's going to talk to you. He's going to reveal to you what's ahead. Now, God calls to him out of the midst of the bush, and, and then Moses, you have to make yourself available, right? That's what Moses did. It's not enough to see. It's not even enough to hear. Moses said he saw, he turned, he, he heard, and then he responds by saying, I'm here. We're going to have to do this process. Are you seeing? Are you turning aside? Are you hearing the voice of God? And are you making yourself available? That's what God is saying in this story. Now, it's interesting. When he says, I'm here, God responds in verse 5. He says, don't come near me. You have to take off your shoes first. Which is yeah, really yeah. intense, right? <laughs> so right. what's this go right? So what's this going to require now? We're gonna have to change. If you do not yeah. change, you cannot draw near. What does he tell him? You must remove your shoes, your old shoes, your old understanding, your old shepherd's shoes, right? You're gonna transition from just being a sheep to being a prophet from just being what you once used to be to being a prophet. That's what he's saying to him. But you can't you can't carry with you that old that old thing that used to gird your feet, right? Remember what Paul said that we must be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, right? Your feet having your feet shod. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 through 18, the armor of God. So this is very yeah. symbolic he says, what's happening now, Moses, in your time is that my people, my name is going to be magnified in all the earth. Jesus Christ is going to be lifted up in the earth like he never has before. And he's saying, yeah. my name is going to be lifted up. It's going to be magnified. But you're going to have, in order to come near to this, you're going to have to take off the old. Now, listen, you have to remove your shoes. And that's what he tells them. Take off your shoes from off your feet. Why? For the place that you're standing now, it's holy ground. And how does that relate to us? If Jesus is soon to return, and if we are on the doorstep, like the children of Israel who came out of their houses after the Passover concluded, they headed into a seven-day journey, which would bring them right to the Red Sea and their deliverance as they would head into the promised land. Now listen, is it if we're on that edge and on that brink right now, it is the most holy of events the world has ever seen since the resurrection of Jesus Christ and since the deliverance of the children of Israel, both of them occurring in a Passover season. And we have come to a Passover season, and those who can see, those who can hear, it is a signal to us. It is why many of you collectively are feeling after Easter, like, what's next? What's happening? You just have this sense like there's more. I need more. That's what God is saying. And he says, but in order to come into this, this revelation I'm giving you of your deliverance at hand, you're going to have to take off the old and you're going to have to stand on holy ground because that's what this is. What's about to happen is so holy. You have to have your feet unencumbered and be exposed to holy ground. 
Remember when Joshua, a type of the Lord, was about to destroy Jericho as the children of Israel go into the promised land? He meets that, that, that the angel of the Lord, right? And we know it's the angel of the Lord because, because he tells him to take off his shoes. Are you familiar with that story, brothers? Yes. yes. <laughs> when Joshua, right? When Joshua comes to the yes. very brink of, of Jericho. Are you for us or against us? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, are you for us or against us? And he says, take off your shoes, Joshua. The place where you're standing is holy ground. The angel of the Lord told him, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ before he was be, became Jesus, right? Before he was he was a pre-incarnate Christ. He's always been, John told us. He was there. Right. Very symbolic. So, so he, Joshua, just before the conquering of what was symbolic of the world, a type of what the book of Revelation says in the end, he had to remove his shoes. Right. And Moses yeah. is removing his shoes. It's a holy event. And it cannot be shrouded in the past or in your in the shoes that have carried you thus far. He is causing you to stand on holy ground right now. And that's why he had Moses take off his shoes. You're going to have to remove the old and stand purely on, in the presence of the Lord. And so the yeah. Lord, rever right? <laughs> he, he, yeah. he, he, he then says this to him. Once this is done, he says this. Moreover, he says unto him, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And then it says Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. This is such a holy thing that we're talking about right now. If it doesn't scare you half to death, <laughs> then you're just you're just dead because we're not Amen. we're talking about the culmination of what the scripture says is ahead of us we're talking about the literal physical eminent return of the lord jesus christ in all his glory he's coming to get a holy church a glorious church but he's also coming to execute judgment upon all the wicked all the ungodly and and the rebel the rebellion of both the false church and the false antichrist devilish system that has so reared its head in the times that we find ourselves alive now and how god speaks to moses in verse 6 is so profound to me in in its prophetic understanding for our time the lord returns him to the truth he has him take off his shoes and then he says it's interesting to me because he doesn't say, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He first says, I am, hallelujah. Oh, the God. He oh. says, I'm the God of your father. Yes. It's his past heritage he identifies him with. With what yeah. was true. Hallelujah. Oh, the God. Because, because you see, as we went along in the 20th century into the 21st century, we came into the 20th century with great men and women of God. And as right. we got closer to the 60s and the 70s, they began to whittle down to where there was only a handful of prophets. There was like, you know, the Havners and, and the Brother Havners, the Brother Tozers, the Brother Ravenhill. Brother Wilkerson was the last of a dying breed. The prophets we have now are nothing but clowns. They're, they're yes, not they're prophets. Right. You know, they're, 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 they wear king's robes and they, they, they fly around in their leer. They're, they're not prophets. They're clowns. But God says, 
this holy event is is anchored to your father, your father. I'm the God of your father. The kind of gospel that brought you to me, the real mm. thing. Yeah. Go back there. That's what he was telling them. Your past heritage is the true heritage, and it's connected to the real God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He returns yes. to the past and says, "That's the God I am." You remember you, you remember. I know you do, brothers. You remember the old timers, man. We call them old timers now, but they were men and women of God. They talked about seeing yeah. God. They were always talking about His second coming. They may not have yes. had all their eschatology right, but they were always saying, "Don't you go to that movie house because you never know Jesus might come when you're in there." Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. They used to tell, "Don't put on that that much makeup. You look like a Jezebel." You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was they just had their way, right? You know, they just had their own way. They may not have been, you know, as sophisticated as we are today, but my God, they knew how to get a hold of God. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. They knew how to pray down glory, man. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. My God, I'm 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 thinking about you know where I first started was in those those little double wide trailers on the Indian reservation, man. And 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 none of the carpet. I mean, they, the the carpet was like pieced together, right, and sewn together with different remnants because that's all they could afford. And and they had you know, maybe twenty chairs in the building, but none, and none and none of them matched. You know, the piano was out of tune, and they only had one little snare drum and a few little tambourines, right? But man, when they would begin to see God, it, the power of God would fall. There wasn't anything sophisticated about it, but they knew one thing. They knew how to get a hold of God, and they were always looking for his return. He said, I'm the yeah. God of that father. I'm the God yeah, of your yeah. father. And that's what God is saying to us. Go back to the old yeah. past. Go back to the foundations of your faith, because that's what's going to see you through. Hallelujah. Glory yeah, to yeah. God. Hallelujah. You know, and he says, he said, and, and when Moses gets a hold of this, that's why verse 6, it says, he hid his face. He was afraid to look at God. It was such a powerful moment. And that's what's happening to us now. We're up under an incredibly powerful moment. And he's revealing a new revelation. And that revelation is for our times. It's really the same revelation that's always been. I'm coming. I'm coming for my yeah. children. They're about to be delivered, Moses. And, 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 and you're going to have to lead them out of this thing. Creature, you're going to have to lead this precious flock of God that, he, that he's concerned about. Because they're up under all kinds of affliction. They're, they're, they're getting smaller and smaller. They, they can't even send their kids to college anymore for fear that they'll come back, you know, completely crazy with all the doctrines that are being preached in the synagogues of the universities of our day. We can't even send our children to kindergarten anymore without some demented, demonic teacher trying to warp their mind and tell them that they're really not a boy or a girl, or maybe they need to transition from being a boy to a girl at five right. years old. This is a horrible sin. My people are under affliction, and I've had enough. Yes. 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 I've had enough. 
I'm coming to get you. Hallelujah. I don't know what you guys are, not you guys, but whoever's listening, or even you who got mad at some of the things we talk about. I don't know why you want to <laughs> hang around this world. This world ain't your home. We're, Come we're, on, we're, right. <laughs> we're, we're looking for a king. We're looking for the yeah. day when he'll wipe away our tears, when he'll heal our bodies, when he'll, when we'll be able to behold his glory, not in momentary glimpses of a hopeful future, but forever. Hallelujah. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh my goodness, this is a holy thing. And Moses, when it began to, re when he began to have God revealed to him in this way, he became afraid. And Paul said the same thing, right? You work out your salvation with what? With fear and with trembling. Why? Because our God is a consuming fire. You can know him in the bush that doesn't burn, or you will know him as a consuming fire. The choice is yours. I've seen my people's mm. affliction, right? That's what he tells them. In verse 7, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. And I know their sorrows, verse 7. And then he says this. This is where we are right now. This is what he tells Moses in verse 8. I'm come down. <laughs> yeah. I've come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians. <laughs> Glory yeah. to God. Oh, my God. I'm having church over here, man. Hallelujah. Man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he tells him this. In verse 12, and I'm, I'm accelerating here, but he, in verse 12, he says, listen, what this is leading to. In verse 12, he says, surely I'll be with you. And this shall be a token unto you. Exodus 3.12, he says, this will be a token unto you that I've sent you. When you've brought forth this people out of Egypt, you're going to come to this mountain and serve God. Hallelujah. Mm. What is Glory he saying? to God. <laughs> he's saying this deliverance is going to lead to coming to God's mountain hallelujah I know some of Lord you know what we're saying <laughs> hallelujah Lord to God but that you know that's God God you know he takes us right there right but, but and then Moses says this and that's where we are right what Moses says in verse 13 he says he says to God behold but when I come to these to the church or to Israel, and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. They're going to say this, brother. What is his name? Mm. I don't even know yeah. him, man. The mm. real gospel hasn't been preached. The true mm. gospel has not been being preached. we got churches filled with people who aren't even saved. They really don't know who he is. Oh, they know about how to improve their dating, how to work on their marriages, how to adjust their diets, how to go to the gym so they can look their best. They're taught how to succeed in their businesses and how to control their anxiety and depression. They're even taught how to name it and claim it and, and get rich because they're king's kids. But when you talk to them about Jesus, they really don't even know his name. And that was the condition just before they were about to be delivered. And Moses says, who do I say sent me? And he says, I am that I am that I am. In other words, God's about yeah. to reveal himself as the God of glory to us in this generation. We're about yes. to be delivered. And so in verse 16, he tells them this then. He says, now go and gather the elders. He's, gonna, he's beginning the systematic revelation to the leadership. 
and, and a, a whole new leadership is about to emerge. And they're going to be given to the body of Christ, the true body of Christ, that's longing to be delivered from this world. We're about to go home. The Lord is going to reveal himself to his people in a way that they have not heard or known before. The question is, are you are you ready? Are you longing for his second coming? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now listen, tomorrow we're going to pick it up from here. Because when Moses goes forth, God gives him three signs. And we're going to talk about those signs and how they apply to us today and what it means for us today. Because Moses says, how am I, how am I, how am I going to know you're with me? He says, you're going to do this. What's that rod in your hand? Remember, the one sign he gives him is, you know, the rod, throw it on the ground. And he has him pick up that rod by the tail. We're going to talk about that. He also has him do another sign. He says, put your hand in your bosom. When you pull it out, it'll be leprous. He says, put it back into your bosom and pull it out again. It's it's clean and beautiful. That's the second sign he gave him. And and these signs are applicable for right now. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. And then verse and then the final sign he said, if they won't listen to that, he says, then take water from the river and pour it out. When it hits the ground, it'll turn to blood. These are the three ways God's about to talk to the whole world and to his children. Mm. And we'll and we'll dig into that tomorrow. Moses said this. He says, but they will not believe me. They won't listen to my voice. And, and God is saying to us, uh, <laughs> you, you know, quit looking at yourself. Don't estimate God's abilities based on your insecurities. Trust him. Go forward. Start talking to your loved ones. Start talking to your neighbors. Start and understand the, what the message is, what we've been talking about. And you're going to see results. Anything you'd like to close with, brother? Yeah, um, <clears throat> an isolation of God's servants, right, is taking place where he can deal with them one-on-one. -on -one. I'm, I'm reminded of the conversation we had, uh, I guess, a few weeks ago, Brother Marty, and, and you brought forth the point uh, concerning the ten virgins that uh, both the wise and foolish slept. All ten of them were asleep. Um, yeah. But but not everybody was asleep, right? Right. They had to, the Bible says that there came a cry, right? Behold, mm -hmm. the bridegroom mm -hmm. cometh. And you pose yes. the question, who made that cry? Obviously, that person was not asleep. Was That person was <laughs> awake. Amen. <laughs> right? Right. And, Amen. And, and we know that's the spirit of Elijah. It's just the prophetic message, right? That transitioning message that 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 is going to, cry out to the church, to cry out to the bride that the bridegroom is coming, right? But before that cry can come out out of the prophetic voice, uh, the man of God, and, and, and there has to be an isolation of the man of God. And I know God is speaking to preachers right now, and that's how you felt. You felt like just God has been stripping you and stripping you. Maybe some of you had, had a you know, you, you had dreams or, or ambitions of getting a, a a building. and But now you know why God didn't allow you to get that building. I mean, you would have been in debt, right? But <laughs> yeah. God, <laughs> God isolated <laughs> you and began to deal with you and, and, and speak to you 
because you're the one that's going to make that cry, the bridegroom is coming, and wake up a church. Many are going to wake up. Some will have the oil necessary to make it, and some won't. But an isolation of God's servants is taking place, and what took place during uh, and is taking place during this Passover is it's an isolation of His people to hear from Him. Right, and God is speaking; He is sending that voice, that prophetic voice, to all of us that are listening. The Bridegroom is coming; He is coming. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And that, and that was the message, right? Right. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And that's what the Lord has yes. spoken to us today. And what he said, what Brother Marty pointed out, when Moses said, I will now turn aside. And that turn, yes. that word turn implies, suggests repentance. Repentance. Yes. And that's what God is calling us. You know, when Moses saw the bush, he knew this was not something just out of the ordinary. This was something more. And that turning aside, that's the key, is repentance. If my people that are called by my name should turn from their wicked ways, right? It's repentance so that we can see what God is going to say. What a what a tremendous uh, uh, time in the world we have had and what a way to start our series on this first day of what is next, answering the question, what is next? And we are looking forward to our census. We have, as you can tell, if you've been listening, you we have sensed his presence, his presence in our in in this podcast. And I know God is going to reveal more things. And I'm excited uh, about what is right ahead and what God is going to show us. I ask you to please join us tomorrow if you can and invite others. This is the beginning of a new series. What is next? And I believe God is going to be showing us some things. We pray that God blesses you wherever you're at. May his protection be upon you. And and continue to share these podcasts with as many people as you can. Spread the word through your media platforms and allow this word to go out. May God bless you and keep looking up.